As the number of EVs and hybrids increase on our roads, there is a growing need for qualified automotive engineering technicians to repair these vehicles. Are there currently enough technicians? And what repairs are most commonly carried out? For insights into the world of EV training, I'm talking with Kevin O'Neill, Principal Lecturer of Automotive Engineering at Otago Polytechnic. I'm Adrian Maitland, and this is the EV Quest Podcast. Hello, Kevin. Hello, how are we? Good, thank you. Yeah. Good, good to uh, be able to talk to you. Yes, it's good to meet you too. It's been, um, to say, I've been looking at some of your podcasts and getting an idea, and you're doing some good stuff. So it's thank, finally thanks very much. good to be here to give you a different view. Yeah. Thanks very much. I guess we'll just do maybe a bit of an overview of what your course is first. We'll start with the course. So you're the tutor on the New Zealand Certificate in Electric Vehicle Automotive Engineering. Yes. So Targo Polytech. So um, the course is a level five qualification in the automotive engineering uh, side of things, which is always an advanced trade qualification. So what the course is designed to do is to take uh, current automotive technicians, whether they're light, heavy or electrical, and bring them up into the higher end of the EV and hybrid space around diagnostics and repairs. So working you know, inside the batteries, working with the motors and pulling the motors apart and repairing them and, and the auxiliary systems and charging systems. Um, so it's designed for current trade qualified technicians that are interested in, in learning a bit more about EVs, but also getting more specialized in EVs to then get qualified and, and get the understanding. Um, it's not a normal apprenticeship. You've already qualified in your apprenticeship before then. Yeah, so you've, so yeah, it's industry professionals already coming in, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's about bringing them up to that higher level of understanding um, that a standard tradesman would normally go to. Do they find it a bit different going from, um, well, say, the ICE to the, to the EV way of doing things? Uh, yes, but that's my job to sort of um, show what they do know and then bring it into the uh, electric vehicle and hybrid space so they can apply previous knowledge and then grow that knowledge and then obviously become more proficient in it. You've got to understand these vehicles aren't totally new. We're, we're talking probably 70% of them is still a normal ICE, like still got steering suspension and brakes and bits and pieces. It's just the, the high voltage and, and the motors and the charging systems that are different. That's why we can get away with bringing them up, skilling them, because they've already got a lot of skills that you need. They still know how to use all the hand tools. They still need to use the diagnostic equipment. Um, they've got a lot of relative skills that just need to be brought across into the into slightly something slightly different. Put it that way. Yeah. 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 Are most people working in um, like a um, like a car dealership or? Is no, I've got a bit of, a bit across the space. We we definitely do have some people from the the dealerships that that come into the course, but we also have a lot of local garages that are. Uh, have got a lot of highly skilled guys that are that are doing really great things with the EVs. They want qualifications to you know show um, what they're doing. Uh, a lot of guys that are just willing to upskill from the heavy light um, electrical. We also the course is also open to likes of um, like your house electricians or industrial electricians that want to learn more about the EV space because they're starting businesses up or looking to go into you know um, home charging things or something like that. Um, we have some electrical engineers that come into it. Uh, there's all sorts because the the actual EV space and the drivetrains and that are very universal, not just on the road side of things, but um, in agricultural or trucks or uh, even, dare I say it, to do with um, uh, viticulture with the machinery that moves a lot of stuff around. So we 
catered to a wider range of tradesmen, I suppose is a good way of putting it. To get into the course, to actually be eligible to enter the course, you have to have a current level four trade qualification in automotive engineering or equivalent. So where I say those house sparkies and that, because they've got electrical qualification, which is, you know, it meets the criteria, we can get in. But some trades won't because they don't have those skills that we need. Mm. And how long does the course go for? Uh, we deliver it over a year part-time because we want to do it um, while they're working. 90% of the students are all working, so we deliver it part-time over a year with practical blocks that they come into uh, the workshop and do. Um, some learners are already working on vehicles, so we can actually align the assessments up with what they're doing. They've just got to make sure they, they uh, give me enough information so I can actually pass them. But effectively, yeah, a year part-time, and it takes around about that time to learn all the systems at a, at a nice pace so you can you know, obviously soak it in. We could do it a lot faster, but it would mean uh, they'd have to be out of work or you know, take time off work for a few months to get it done. Um, and we're not trying to disrupt them from work. We want them to be still engaged in work. Is, is this the only co- the other courses in New Zealand like this? or is this the- yeah, yeah, so um, we've been lucky enough to work with uh, EIT as well. And uh, we actually work with a lot of other ITPs, so even Tuanamai. Um, we work with uh, North Tech. We've worked with NMIT, ARA, um, SOT. Pretty much all the polytechs are looking into delivery. Um, effectively, they're using the same program that we do, but not all of them are delivering at the moment. They're building up to that because um, we've got to train the trainers and you know, get their resources correct. But yeah, there's about three places you can deliver it now. So um, EIT, Napier and Hastings. Uh, Skydian and his team up there are really, really good. And of course, Mito also have a training um, qualification that's sort of nationally led, and we're also working with them as well. We're all trying to work into one place um, and have one common delivery method throughout the country. What's Mito for those that don't know? Oh, Mito is the Mito uh, is the Motor Industry Training Organisation. So. Um, they're like, we all have ITOs, training organizations like building, uh, engineering, automotive and all that stuff. They're just the, the training provider in the background that's uh, country, uh, sorry, the nationally based, where likes of Otago and Tuanamai and, and EIT are all regional based um, trainers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess it gets on, do we have enough people with the growing numbers? Are the, what's the numbers of um, people that can actually do repairs? Is that, is there enough? Well, uh, different levels like to answer that question you've got to understand that it's not like there's only just that course for EV training that's more advanced in, in understanding how to diagnose repair but even in the pre-trade course we run the learners so these are guys that are leaving school or just starting in the trade uh, they have to learn how to recognize high voltage systems and get the information to be able to shut the vehicles down they don't actually do it but they have to be aware of these systems so that's in our pre-trade training for all trades in our um, level four trades which is like your, your auto sparky or your heavy diesel mechanic or, or light vehicle there's a section in all of those courses around being able to shut down and work around the high voltage systems don't work inside them don't pull batteries apart but species but work around them so the country's already got training throughout all the apprenticeships it's just not as in-depth as it probably needs to be to be a specialist but that's can happen relatively quickly as more and more vehicles come on the roads. Uh, it's a supply and demand scenario. Uh, as more vehicles come on and more consumers demand, you know, trained people will buy these vehicles, 
uh, we'll get more technicians. So at this present point in time, I have not seen any shortfalls in enough qualified people. As more vehicles come on, we will need to scale that up. Um, and I have definitely seen an increase in number of tradesmen engaging in high level training, as especially we get rebates and new vehicles come out. The franchise training has always been there. So they've always looked after their own and, and bits and pieces. I'm not going to say there's, there's everything we need. It, it, there's definitely going to scale up, but it scales up with vehicles. Otherwise, you end up with a hyper-trained people, but they've got nothing to do. I don't I think we're in a crisis at the moment. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess when you're a technician, you realise there's more demand. You're going to, more people are going to do the course kind of thing, aren't they, when they realise there's demand? Well, it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like everything. When, when demand comes in, everyone starts training. Um, the big thing I'd probably suggest to any of your, your listeners um, is – if they're going to get a car repaired and they've got an EV or hybrid and they don't think they're getting a, you know, the right sort of training or the, the person working on the car is not skilled enough, look around. You'll probably find there's a lot of other guys locally that can. Or look at the forums. And that there's, forums can be quite good places to get an idea of who's trained and who's, who's not. And you will find more and more garages will get specialists um, as we move forward. And I'm even hoping that we'll end up having a a light vehicle qualification level four that will be reasonably EV and hybrid specific, um, but it's not going to be a whole new qualification. It'll be, let's say, all tradesmen learn 50 to 60% the same material, and you know, they're still working on vehicles and bits and pieces. We would then adapt that other 40 or 50% to be more um, hybrid electric vehicle specific. Um, but it's not like we need to throw everything out, it was just a, more of an adaption. Um, and that will come probably as we get near 5 or 10% of the fleet, which we're nowhere near the year. Just on, um, did you own the hybrid or an EV? What are the sort of common problems that turn up to be repaired? Generally, touch wood, they're pretty reliable. There is yeah. some issues happen. A lot of times people don't service them. They they think that um, because it's electric or, or hybrid, it doesn't need service. It's, it's not. They still need service. They've still got brakes. They've still got you know, cooling systems and, and all the other consumable items that a vehicle has. It may not have an engine oil and filter, which, okay, you, you don't do that, but that's actually a small part of a, of a service. The 12-volt batteries fail quite a lot because um, they're not designed like to last you know, 100 or 120,000 Ks or 10 years like some of the, the high-voltage batteries. A lot of them are designed only to last two or three years. We have had, you know, battery faults. We've had insulation faults. We've had uh, accident repairs when, you know, things happen. All sorts of details, all sorts of little faults that sometimes are major. Sometimes a battery's got to come apart and be repaired. Sometimes a motor's got to be replaced. Sometimes um, your heater system fails and it needs a new heater put in. Just general repairs like you'd expect in any car. They're just different because they're EV related. No car's 100%, you know, bulletproof. Um, everything still needs fixed. Nothing that hasn't been able to be repaired, put it that way. Do you think they are reliable? I saw there was that report that just came out from the States was saying they're less reliable. But I, I, wouldn't, I don't know. I haven't read that report. But I do know from, I've been working on these vehicles for over five years now. The maintenance is definitely less. There's lots, a lot less things, a lot less moving components, put it that way. What I've seen, they've been very reliable. Uh, the few cases that is, there's been a problem, there's a common fault with the early model Leafs PTZ heater. They, they fail and they all fail. It's just a design flaw. So it was never, it wasn't actually the car's fault. It was the, the manufacturer. They've revised that, which is great. And, you know, some of the battery faults, it's often to do with the car sitting in a boat coming over to, from overseas. It's, it's a low state of charge. They don't, don't have a, you know, a bit of charge in it before they come over. Or accident damage, you know, it can cause a lot of damage 
um, which you can't prepare for. It's just just happens. But overall, they are a whole lot more reliable. And I've been in this industry for a lot, lot of years and worked on a lot of franchise vehicles, a lot of trucks, and all sorts of bits and pieces. The the EV drivetrains and and you know the fundamentals of all the vehicle have been a lot more reliable. So I'd like to read that report, but I I don't know what it's based on. What about um? I'm not sure if I'm not sure if you talk about this, but like going full EV or hybrid. Is that a some people? It's a bit of contentious. Some people say you should. Go, evangelists seem to say just jump in there full EV, and then some people go hybrid. I've got a boat, or I don't mm. quite. I'm a bit scared. Well, to be honest, the only way you can really answer that from a personal situation is if you've never had an EV before and never willing it. Often a plug-in hybrid or a hybrid is a really good um, intermediate step to understand how they work. Then go to EV as you feel more confident in the technology. If you're willing to give it a go, the EV is definitely a, a way better drive line. It's way simpler, uh, the torque, the power, um, but a lot of people can't get over the range anxiety um, and the fundamentals. The downfall of hybrids is they're still using you know, a petrol or diesel motor. And, and even a hybrid's designed to keep that petrol motor in its most efficient zone. So let's say the best efficiency on a petrol motor currently is near 40%. That, that means the energy you put in to the energy you get out. So 40% doesn't sound like much. If you're only getting 40% back for anything, you'd be a bit upset. But that 40% is only under ideal torque, rev range, and load. So very hard to keep the motor at that 40%. In reality, hybrids aim for around the 30 to 40% to try to keep it more efficient. Where in contrast, an electric vehicle uh, can stay at about 80 to 90% efficient over all rev range, all drive lines. So you can understand why hybrids get better economy it's not the petrol motor that's doing it it's the electric motor that's supporting it so what i can tell you is uh effectively new zealand is not a big market um there'll be a lot more hybrids uh, plug-in hybrids and electric vehicles that come out from manufacturers that that'll be all we can buy we won't be able to get petrol or diesel especially diesel Diesel's going to get fade out very very quickly um but yeah from a personal standpoint i have friends that um you know aren't willing to go to ev yet because they're not not willing to take that full jump so they're, they're happy to put the toe in, if you like. So I recommend go to a hybrid, and they tend to love them. Um, and then they go, well, from a hybrid, I'm happy to go to the next stage and next stage. But it is a big call. It's a personal one because you, mm. anxiety is a problem. You know, you, we don't even want everyone to feel like they're um, they're going to run out of, of uh, range or, or whatever. And it can be a big problem. I see a lot of people that buy a, a new EV, and it might do 200Ks, but they'll only ever go down to 100 because they think, no, that 100, it could disappear, even though it can do twice as distance they do. They just don't do it until they get used to it. So, um, yeah, I hope that sort of answers that question. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, and um, was there any sort of technology coming through, you think, that sort of big changes ahead? Or? Uh, battery technology is advancing rapidly. You've only got to look at, okay, 2011 Leaf had about 120 Ks. The latest model, you know, the same size battery, the chemistry's changed a bit and the way it's set up. Um, we're looking at more like 450 Ks. There's new battery technology that'll double that range for the same size battery. So that's changing rapidly, but that's that's no different than, you know, vehicles over, over the years. The, the diesel motor today is a whole lot different to a diesel motor 10 years ago. Also, the motor technology is getting a lot better. They're not using um, you know, permanent magnets as much now because uh, it's rare earth material that's finite in some respects. They're getting better control of motors, uh, more efficient control. They're actually going to, you know, some of them are getting gearboxes as well, which is, um, you know, EV generally doesn't need, but it does have advantages in it. 
just everything's getting better. A lot more integration, you know, with your your home technology. You know, everyone wants their Wi-Fi and all that to work. So effectively, your car is going to be all that on the wheels. The most exciting one is definitely battery technology. The other big one is hydrogen fuel cell, which I think has got a long or a good life in the heavy sector. It's not viable to put hydrogen fuel cell currently is like 30 or 40 k worth of money to put in. And I, I can't quote that exactly, but I know they're very expensive. Um, you're not going to put that into a passenger vehicle, but in a big truck that goes up and down the country, it makes more viable sense. But people got to understand that even if it's a hydrogen fuel cell vehicle, it's still got all the electric vehicle bits in it. It's still basically electric vehicle with just another power source. So hence the training I do already, we actually talk about hydrogen fuel cell as well, just to get you know the learners prepared. But they're probably the big technologies. Battery technology motor technology or drivetrain technology and obviously any hydrogen sort of side of things um, another big one probably actually is a lot of cars will be able to be plugged into the grid or plugged into your house so um, that technology excites me because when you come home at night and you want to cook tea and like I've got kids they're gonna have showers and all the rest of it it's a very expensive time of night you actually plug your car in and let your car run the house and also the cars can load share with the grid under high demand so um, which takes the load off the grid and means that um, you know the transformers and everything aren't running maximum you know it just takes a load off it and then when the load drops off which tends to drop off after 9 p.m um, you know you can now charge your electric vehicles uh, and utilize the the grid better make it more efficient so some cool technologies there adrian yeah, is there um, is there a country that's sort of an educational leader in the EVs at the moment, or look at? Oh, it's a hard one. We're actually doing quite well ourselves, believe it yeah. or not. We've got a lot of interest from overseas in, in what we currently do, and I think effectively it comes down to good cold Kiwi ingenuity. Is we've been a country that gets a lot of imports, obviously, so we've got cars that are a lot older in our um, you know fleet that need repairs, which normally a lot of other countries just got ones under warranty or, or, or you know, newer ones. So we've had to do a lot of stuff that hasn't been seen overseas, even like Australia and, and even America, I say a lot of things, they, they haven't had the experiences we've had with actual repairs. So in some respects, we're actually leading the way in the diagnose and repair side of things. But we, when we were setting up this course, we went to um, likes of Europe, went to Australia to see how they did their safety courses. We had a look at what other areas are doing and went, okay, well, that's the foundation. Let's now build it from there. So no, there's no real leader, I would say. Our crappy cars have put us at the head. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> the advantage of us getting everything from the rest of the country, the rest of the world that no one wants is actually coming and helps. But New Zealand, New Zealand technicians or tradesmen have always been well known to be able to adapt their their knowledge to a wide variety of situations. We don't tend to get uh, how do I put this? We don't get specialised in one area of the vehicle, a vehicle like a like a drivetrain or or you know engine. We tend to know everything, which means we can sort of relate everything and diagnose problems that other people can't can't cross-reference which gives us good skill and there's some really talented guys up and down the country at the moment working on evs and hybrids so um that's why i say look around if you're not getting the you know the support you need yeah it's a good point is there anything you want to sort of major cover off about the training or the evs or the course um so of course if you want to get an understanding of what we do and what we're yeah. what our main aim is so as i said before 
we're bringing guys in that are already trade qualified, so they've already got a qualification in automotive, whether it be light or heavy or electrical. The course is actually split up into four main areas. Every advanced trade qualification always had management in it, so there's a little bit on um, dealing with customers and business relations and just that management part, which has always been a staple with A-grade, even when I did it many, many moons ago. But the three main technical ones are high-voltage auxiliary systems. So the reason we, we named it auxiliary systems is because we want it to be flexible enough to adapt to new new systems coming in. So currently the main ones that, that you know technicians need to learn about is your heating and ventilation systems change quite a bit and how it operates. I mean, we've got reverse cycle. Well, effectively works the same as a reverse cycle system in your heat pumps in home. So we've got them in the vehicles now, which we never had that. It was always just air con. Uh, we've got uh, high voltage electric heaters and we've got systems that exchange heat from your battery and your motor and you know, transmitter. So the, the heating and ventilation has changed very rapidly. So we concentrate a lot on that. Uh, charging systems. So whether it's AC to DC, DC to DC, you know, fast charge or it's DC down to your 12 volt or your 24 volt system. Charging systems are quite a big area that we, we concentrate on. And we also concentrate on braking systems around um, how the the brakes have to interact with the regenerative braking and, and you know, the different types of systems. But I've left that open so that if new systems come in, like um, Tesla's just brought out their Cybertruck, and I remember, I think they were talking about it, it has fly-by-wire brakes and fly-by-wire steering. And what that means is effectively you've got no mechanical linkage between what you push or turn to the wheel. So it's a bit, you know, it's new technology. So we'll go into that as it becomes more mainstream. The other two courses are energy supply systems. So what we're trying to cover there is, you know, high voltage batteries, the chemistry, the design, the, the thermal management, um, the charging systems that go into those to make sure we manage all that. You know, life of the battery, how we diagnose and repair it, how do we identify faults? Uh, also bringing hydrogen fuel cell into that that area. So that's another subject. So it's definitely a different from your normal petrol or diesel. And the last one is is electric drivetrain. So that covers, you know. The motor design, uh, whether it's um, asymmetric or sorry, asynchronous or synchronous, whether it's uh, you know whether it's radial or axial design systems, um, we look into hybrid drive systems. So the good old Prius drive line, which is actually a really good design, right up to the most modern um, hybrid systems or, or fully electric, and get them to understand how they operate, how to diagnose them, how to repair them. So that's that's what the level five does is go into that very in depth and give them really good understanding. And hence, by having those sort of three main subject areas, we don't have to worry about how ABS works or um, how, I don't know, um, remote central locking or your alarms, because that's all normally sorted. It's only where, where they're different. It does mean it's a bit of an um, upskill for some guys. Some guys need, you know, uh, some of the electrical technologies are new, but that's my job to bring them up. That's that's If they're, they're struggling, I've got to up my game to make sure I, I get them through or get them to understand. So that's what that course concentrates on. But you will see some of that knowledge will get down into the level four and we will have you know, a qualification that will be suited to say guys that work in Tesla or in, in franchises that mainly do electric or hybrid, there'll be a pathway for them to become trade qualified um, and do service repair. So hopefully that sort of gives an idea of what that's about. Yep. Now how many students on a course? Uh, so I currently have around about 50 to 60 learners throughout the country. Uh, we don't tend to advertise. We, um, I want these other guys to come on board, you know, other ITPs. Um, I'm pretty sure Mito have around about 100 to 
to a bit over 100 learners as well. So they're doing very, very well. And we work closely with Mido as well to make sure we can help out where we can. What I would like to see is an average number for the advanced trade of at least 200 to 250 um, learners to cater for the inrush. So, you know, we could say there's 100 odd learners that we'd like to um, get involved. It's not like we've got a shortfall right now, but if you want to be ready for five years' time, we really want these guys working on these vehicles now so that um, when there is a lot of them. So I would like to see increased numbers, and if you've got any learners who want to get onto it, please contact me. But um, from the level four, which is your trade qualified guys, um, I would like to see the programs adapt to make sure they've got more EV and hybrid specific courses within that. That qualification i'm not saying really throw everything away but just enough to to ensure we make sure there's enough tradesmen that are interested in that area to work on it um because you will find there's guys that don't want to work on it and that's fine they, they don't have to whether they don't they don't feel confident enough or they just think the they don't like the technology it always happens um but yeah it, it, we've got good numbers but we could do with more um, right, so in a class at a time just so people oh so online the 50 are all online, if you like. They all oh, come yeah. on and they do meetings, sort of like we're doing now, and I share material and it's, it's online. For the practical training, I usually uh, try to keep it under about eight in the practical. Oh, yeah. there's, a, there's a bit of a safety, safety aspect, as you yeah. can imagine. Um, you know, when we're pulling batteries apart, I, I haven't got head, uh, eyes in the back of my head, so I've got to keep an eye yeah. on what's going on. Uh, so we like to keep it quite small, or I get more staff in, so I might have two or three guys come in to keep an eye. The practical is not a huge amount uh, because they already know vehicle and I've trained them and how the systems work we can generally get most of the practical completed sort of on a round of weeks with a training or a bit more depending on you know their situation I might have 50 students I just break it into smaller block courses yeah, so that make yeah. sure we get through yeah yeah maybe just on the, um since you obviously see a lot of EVs if you've got like a favorite like a favorite engineered EV not necessarily the oh yeah just put me in the spot um just the engineering side of one there's some really cool stuff coming out, but when you start working on it, it's quite surprising uh, what stuff's universal. I've I've looked at some of the the Audi EV drivetrains, and they've got some really cool stuff going on. They've, they've got some some things that happen with them, but they've got some really exciting uh, technologies. And I actually had the opportunity uh, down here in in Cromwell. We've got that um, racetrack, and they had a Porsche. Oh, it's a flash EV, but it's pretty much the Audi drivetrain that's got the two-speed rear diff. It was quite exciting to to be in. I wasn't allowed to drive it, unfortunately, but they had a race car <laughs> driving it. But you can actually feel the two-speed rear diff, which is really cool technology because it, it's, um, it allows the EVs to have the same top speed as your standard petrols and diesels. And it'll be something that's a bit pretentious, but the, people don't understand you only have one gear ratio in an EV. So it's effectively like your diesel or petrols jammed in third gear. And they can outperform and do everything else in that gear, but it does mean their top speed is limited because they might have a you know maximum RPM of fifteen thousand RPM, but you can't go over it. So having a two-speed gearbox means you can, you know, especially these vehicles here, you know, over in the autobahn, they can go up. So that's quite exciting technology. Technology I admire a lot. There's is is uh, there's a lot of cool battery technology coming. That BYD uh, lithium-ion phosphate batteries have got in yeah, the blade batteries. It's really cool technology, and it's getting used. Um, a lot of manufacturers are, are, are opting to go to that chemistry because it's a lot safer. Tesla's got some really cool technology with their battery technology and how they charge them so quick and, and bits and pieces. I, I really admire, uh, believe it or not, that the old Toyota Prius, its drivetrain, its CVT transmission, which is all electronic. It's not 
like the old uh, belts and, and clutches like most of the ones you get in it, is a very clever design. And even right up to the most modern RAV4 Prime that you can get now, which is a plug-in hybrid, its fundamental design still works the same. It's a very cool technology. Uh, and you probably can understand I'm pretty passionate about EVs and, and electric motors. And I've been working oh, since my apprenticeship days. I've, I've always wanted to get into EVs and hybrids. So, And I've been in the trade now oh, over about 25 years or more, actually. Um, well, I'm not coming up to 30 years now. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> sounds, sounds weird. Um, but uh, effectively, um, the electric motor is an amazing drive system it's so simple but can deliver so much power and, and you've got so much control over it that you know it's just interesting to watch and see what it can do and we're only really starting to be honest there's a whole lot yeah. more to happen yeah. yeah it's still really early days isn't it is sort of a... yeah yeah i mean um if you go back in a few years i can remember starting in the trade i had tradesmen and these were good qualified people um even some tutors back then that said fuel injection will not take off they said carburetors is the way to go um and yeah, they got definitely proven wrong. When Common Rail Diesel, you may know what Common Rail Diesel are, they're, they're modern diesel, and they've revolutionized diesel trucks. I mean, look at how many ranges in that are on the roads now. They wouldn't be on the roads if they still had the slow diesels they had, you know, 10 years ago. A lot of the heavy guys or a lot of diesel mechanics said, nah, um, Common Rail will never take off. It'll never get into the big trucks or anything else. And hence again, it's happened. I'm hearing the same same stuff now about EV and hybrid drivetrains, and you're just going to go, well, look, time will tell. Um, but automotive sector has always changed we've always had to adapt and change our training um i mean even in light vehicles we barely used to work on diesels not even that long ago and now every second car's a diesel so you know um things are changing and you just got to go with the times i think that's pretty much cumin is there anything else you wanted to yeah it's a good point uh, to finish on. the world's changing world's changing we're going to change with it we as new zealand we don't really have an impact on what other countries or other manufacturers produce, we just end up with it. And, and hence, we're in the best position in the world to you know, understand how to diagnose them. Yes, there will be people that are upset about the change, and there always is people who get upset about change, but maybe give it a chance and just and just see what you like. But um, don't overlook the hybrids. If the if hybrids sort of more what you want, uh, you'll notice straight away. But if you can and you're willing to try the EVs, I'm pretty sure you won't be disappointed. And if you, you need to get repairs, look around ask for their qualifications if you don't think it's working right don't have a hesitate to ask for another opinion and um, we're all allowed second opinions or third opinions there's no problems here um, but i'm sure you'll find the right people you just need to find the ones that are willing to actually work on the vehicles than that no i think hopefully that's covered all your that's questions actually, yeah it's good thank you for tuning into this episode make sure to give us a follow so you'll get notified every time a new episode drops also if you have a moment please leave us a rating a five would be ideal. And just finally, thanks again for listening. And if you have any questions for Keith about his course, I can forward those to him or you can contact him directly through Otago Polytechnic.